Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's a goal line back. You know, effectively, for a smaller guy, they don't yeah. pivot to somebody else. They don't have a running quarterback, yeah. so it's all there for Kyron Williams. Our next one. He's, 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 he's kind of Connor Rogers-esque. Yeah, you keep him on the desk even, you know. Yeah, yeah. smaller guy, but we yeah. don't pivot to somebody else. No. Like, we keep you I can, in, in I all can situations. handle the workload. You can indeed. Yes. Yes. Yesterday. Like, a lot of people, like, should we bring you in for the somebody else in for the yes. third segment? No, no, no. Let's, he can close yeah. it out. That's absolutely right. Yesterday, yeah. Sim show, I walked right to the studio and did this show. There you go. Workhorse back. back. Yeah. Workhorse 30 back. touches. Yeah. 30 touches. I don't bring Ahmed Farid in for No, no. He literally don't. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday and welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. That's right, we all made it, fellas. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. A smile and a nod from you, Matthew. Well, I just was going to say everyone made it, except maybe Brandon Staley. We'll see mm, yes. what happens. Standing on the tarmac. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. we got an hour. Here, Jay, I'm going to ask you a question here. Okay, you're you're, our, bet, you're our betting guy. You're Mr. What are the odds? What would you set the odds that Brandon Staley gets fired before we're off the air at 1 o'clock Eastern? So here's the thing. So I was thinking about this last night because I was going to set a market with some friends. Just like I like to do that with, with my friends. Right. I was just kind of grim, but, but whatever. So Anthony Lynn, when he was on the way out for the Chargers, he took a 45 nothing loss, and they kept him to the end of the season. So I'm not sure if that's just kind of Chargers ownership and the way they operate, but uh, I wouldn't have thought that uh, Brandon is long for Los Angeles. The Dean Spanos, the owner of the Chargers, has a reputation, whether it's deserved or not, but he has a reputation of being cheap. Uh, and so, I mean, he owes Staley whatever money he owes him now, but yeah. maybe there's a, he doesn't want, that's part of the thought process. Again, I couldn't prove any of this, but that's part of the, the scuttlebutt, if you will, as to why Staley has lasted this long, he doesn't want to, you know, and I guess maybe you'd have to pay some, I mean, I don't know, because it's just an interim coach. Like, I don't think you're adding to payroll if you fire him. Like, he, you owe them, him the money, whatever it is, but... Yeah. But yeah, maybe they're just they're conservative or whatever. They just don't want to like. Maybe he wants to clean house and. I mean, it's a tough scene. The, it's a very tough scene. The once uh, vaunted brand of the Los Angeles Chargers is just taking a hit now every time they go out. And to me, the worst thing is is that so after week twelve, after they lost to Baltimore, Staley said that if I had actually lost the locker room, we'd be getting blown out. <laughs> you well, just gave up forty two points and a half, Brandon. So what, what is it? Someone, no needs to, yeah. someone needs to find that clip and then just you know, yeah, uh, repost it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's dicey. It's weird. I mean, I also the way. I mean, like real talk. I mean, again, no Justin Herbert, no Keenan Allen, but like not a great look for Kellen Moore either. Just in the sense that I mean, you know, obviously Eckler can't get going, and you know me, I'm a Kellen Moore fan. I am an anti Mike McCarthy guy, but you know, results are results. 
the Cowboys offense looks awesome. Dak's they the really MVP favorite. Right. I, the the Cowboys, McCarthy. like, give credit where credit is due. Like, and own it. I'll own it. Like, I mean, I, I thought the Cowboys offense would, t- would take a step back under McCarthy, and they haven't. They've taken us. I mean, they're terrific. They're as good an offense as there is in the NFL right now. So, I mean, credit to M- Mike McCarthy and definitely a uh, tough scene for Kellen Moore these days. Newly minted friend of the show, Mike McCarthy. It's the first time, perhaps in history. I'm still not, you know. But he it, just needed Dak Prescott. Done, Aaron Rodgers didn't cut it. Needed Dak Prescott. All these he's years. done a great job. I mean, you know. Real talk, yes. Yep, no, yes. Plenty to get through today. Denny Carter will be joining us, as he always does on Fridays for the Regression Files. We have What's on Tap up at the Happy Hour Bar. Look who's back there, Jay. Look who's back there. Can we get it? Oh, All right. Like Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I, just before the show, this is, I'm just I'm going to take you behind the scenes for a second. He doesn't know what's happening. I, like, I walked in and I saw Blake. I saw Penn State Blake, who always sits, you know, uh, behind, uh, behind the cameras. Right there you go. We're going to get a shot of Penn State Blake. So there he is. Do you see him? There's Penn State Blake. What's up, Blake? Well, there, he, there he is. Do you there wave is. again. Yeah, there's, there you go ahead and wave. There, there you go. go. There's yeah. Penn State Blake. Is that a hook yeah. It's a hook horns, What are you, I guess. Patrick Swayze in Point Break? Yeah, he might be. He might be. I don't know. I guess he might probably have money on the Longhorns against uh, Washington. Maybe that's what that is about. But anyway, like, I walked in, and I was, I was going to ask for a stat. And I'm like, Blake, Blake. And then Jay, like, goes, he's not here, dude. He's not in today. Like, you're a moron, Barry. And I'm like, I thought I, I swear to God, I thought I just saw him. To be fair, you were yelling at air. <laughs> well, because my blank space. I have old man eyes, and it's 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 dark over there, and it's in the corner, and I can't really see. And anyway, but then, but then, so Jay makes me feel dumb because I'm like, I, did You're I miss? I thought yeah, I'm yelling at air. I I thought for sure Blake was in today, and yeah. both these a holes tell me, look, it's no, Blake's not, not in today. And well, what, we what? just saw him. You just saw visual proof. Blake is in fact in the office today. That's there you go. Life. That's There's a Penn State real Blake. Life Penn State Blake. Yeah, Let's real life. The there he is. Right there. Yeah, exactly. Digging into the stats and numbers. Yeah, exactly. The numbers. Penn State Blake last night at the NBC Sports Holiday Party gave me uh, Amir Abdullah over on the receiving yards, and that cashed. Oh, beautiful. Late, but it cashed. Yeah. Blake finds <laughs> the gems. He does. Like the ones that you have to really dig on the market yeah. to find. Yeah, Credit but, to him. Quentin Johnson over a longest reception over 15 and a half. That cash too. Blake is uh, he's very big on the Bills to win the Super Bowl. So if you want to ride the hot uh, Penn State Blake hand, Josh, you still have time. Yeah, 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 the horsey. Listen, he's not always hot. Before we <laughs> before we get the Roto World Player news, we got to talk about who drinks free today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This because guy. this is this is brutal. I'll tell you who drinks free. It's D Mike Media, and you might be wondering who, who is, is D Mike Media? Media. I have no idea what this D-Mike is. D Mike Media might be the most down bad person in the fantasy playoffs right now because take a look here at how their matchup started. Rough start to the fantasy football so, playoffs in a 14 team dynasty league. Right. Whoever the guy he's playing had Zamir White, Josh Palmer, Michael Mayer. And the Raiders' defense. 44.45. What did Joe Mixon get last year when he had the six touchdowns? <laughs> but, and here's what's crazy is, so whoever this, whoever this guy is, Jimmy Cards, that is, you know, has 97 points. is up this 90, terrible. Nine, not, he's right. He's up 97.15 uh, to zero. That's zero. Jimmy Cards. Jimmy Cards, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah he's it. getting inducted into the American the Italian, Italian Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. Yeah, with Jimmy Slater. Cards absolutely represents uh, Tommy DeVito. But here, but what, but like he made a mistake because if you just see, look, this is just sort of basic, and he got away with it. But basic fantasy football, you know, strategy is that like he should have started Josh Palmer at wide receiver instead sure. of flex, right? Yeah. I mean, you always start the guys earlier in the week so that if something were to happen between now and Sunday, we don't expect this. As you see it there, see he's got Palmer in his flex, Zamir White in his flex. Um, that's a mistake. You should have. He should have played Zamir White at the running back and Josh Palmer at the wide receiver. I get that Michael Pittman's better than Josh Palmer, 
but they don't know where they're playing on your team. And this happens. It doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, somebody will pop over the injury report. And for somehow Michael Pittman has to miss on Saturday, now you've got to replace Michael Pittman as opposed to your flex spot. If Pittman was in your flex spot, you have more options, especially in a 14-team dynasty league where I'm sure there's just not a lot on the waiver wire. You sow those lineups. Like, you know, poor guy's starting Gus Edwards out there. Like, I mean, you know, it it gets dicey. So, anyway, that's got to be annoying. Is like The guy didn't even set up his lineup correctly, and he still put up 97 on him. Well, Jimmy Threefingers or whatever his name is. (laughs) Jimmy Cards. Jimmy Cards, sorry. Jimmy Cards uh, with Z. Z, as you say in America, sorry. Uh, He... He knew that the Raiders were going to put up 40 points on Eastern Stick, which, to be fair, look, I know obviously that's completely insane, but two drives in with Eastern Stick, you knew it was going to be a long night. I have some news, fellas. Yeah, go ahead. Staley was fired. There you now. go. So, was he actually? Yes. So, uh, Jay, you should have put some odds down. Yeah, yeah I should have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, would have made a, I would have made it an underdog just because like, of the short period uh, of time. Yeah, um, yeah an hour. No, oh, Tom Telesco, their general manager, Tom Telesco, is also that's a big um, also being let go. This is all this is per NFL Network. I just got the alert, the Fantasy Life app. Um, so, I'll just say this real quickly. At least how I, I think you guys feel the same way too. Like, it's easy to joke because you know you just you sort of what are they, they they got their asses kicked last night and the, the Chargers have been bad and they've had some bad losses, um, and so. I think this was the right move, you know, in terms of this is the this is the kind of career that people that coach or play, you know, or in professional sports choose. Having said all that, I am, sh- and I don't know the answer to this, but I believe I'm sure Brandon Staley is like married and have kids or whatever. Like, I'm, like it affects the family. Like it affects the family. It affects the assistant coaches that Brandon Staley has brought in there. It, Telesco's got a family as well. Like it affects people beyond just like, oh, oh good, I'm glad he got fired, blah blah. No, you know, like that sucks. Anytime. Somebody gets fired, it sucks. We're, we don't root for people to lose their jobs here. Yeah, he does have a wife. I mean, Brandon Staley beat cancer. Like, he's, he's a real-life person. And, right. Uh, and obviously, you know, the, what has happened to the team is unfortunate, but hopefully he's able to get through it well. And I'm sure that he'll find his feet, but this wasn't entirely unexpected after what happened last night. It wasn't unexpected, and it's, it, honestly, it's the move that needed to be had. It's clear he lost the locker room. I mean, just too many, but, you know, just to get blown out. The Raiders scored zero points yeah. the week before. They scored zero points the week before, and there are questions coming into the game as to whether or not Aiden O'Connell would even start this game and if he, would he finish this game. So we didn't know whether it was going to be you know, him or, or go, they'd go back to Garoppolo or, or Hoyer. And then, then depending on how you view Vontae Adams, either their best or second best offensive player was out for this game as Josh Jacobs didn't. So you've got a team that scored zero points with a shaky starting quarterback and one of their two best offensive players not playing in the game, and they put up 63. And Devontae was questionable coming into the game. He's yeah. done well all week, so, I mean, it's just so, a complete mess. Right, it's a complete mess, and so you understand the firing of Brandon Staley, but I just want to, not to get on my soapbox or anything like that, but I just want to... For people in the fantasy world, like, I just, you get on Twitter, and you're like, ah, oh, good. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I am sympathetic, too, because I have friends that are that are married to coaches that, you know, have parents that are coaches. And, you know, it just, it's, anytime you lose your job, even if it's deserved, it sucks. Yeah, you just got to focus on the football aspects of it. And yeah. Not, not try and make it personal. Yeah. No, 100%. So, anyway, we wish uh, Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley and their families well. But uh, there is a change in L.A. So we'll get into that game a little bit more with our Rotor World player news. Of course, for all of that, go to NBCSports.com. And with the Raiders' offense is where I want to start here, guys, because 
uh, in an unexpected way, a fantasy bonanza here. Bonanza. Matthew, for the Raiders. That's a big offense, word. Starting with Aiden O'Connell and his four touchdowns. Here's what, so last Wednesday, we did, a, uh, we did a bad quarterback draft. A couple of days ago, we did a bad quarterback draft, the three of us and Lawrence Jackson. And um, Lawrence asked, if I take O'Connell, are we getting Garoppolo? We were like, no, no, no. And Lawrence, to his credit, was just like, screw it, I'm taking O'Connell. Lawrence may have won our bad quarterback league last night by himself. I like, think easily. I mean, yeah. like, O'Connell is just four touchdown passes, obviously. Uh, he has he has 25.9 fantasy points. Compare that with his last three starts combined. He had 28.1. He now has at least 245 passing yards in three of the last four. Even Mark Davis can't believe it. I mean, it's right? eight waters. Did yeah. you see that? That's unbelievable. So, I mean, you just see it there on your screen. 248 and four touchdowns, zero picks. A very clean day at the office for Aiden O'Connell. I I mean, and like they're at Kansas City next week. I I don't know what to make of this because I just sort of feel like it's a great performance, but I just, I don't know that I trust Aiden O'Connell moving forward. You mentioned what was on the screen. The other thing that was on the screen was Aiden O'Connell's mustache, which just absolutely has to go. Yeah. Like I feel like his QBR is way off. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's got a, I guess he has a handlebar. To, yeah, he's for still Kansas there City. on the topic bar. Yeah, I don't know about it, Connor. It's not. Anyway, it's going well for him at the moment. I think you can make the case that Aiden O'Connell is fine, and he was just the product of playing some really tough defenses the past month. So I don't think of Minnesota as a Cleveland, Baltimore type defense. But they're, they're good. They're the number five defense in the NFL this season. Yeah. Brian Flores is working magic over there. And then outside of that, they played Kansas City, who've had a really yep. good pass defense. They played Miami when Jalen Ramsey was back and rolling. And then they played uh, the New York Jets. And that's the month that uh, O'Connell has really struggled. And then previous to that, he lit up the Giants. So, uh, I mean, what are you seeing from him in terms of scouting him? Well, it's interesting because his prospect arc is not that different than Sam Howell's. Two guys that their second to last year of college, they were phenomenal. The numbers were massive. He was throwing down the field. He was making big plays. He wasn't turning the ball over as much. Then the final year, they turned the ball over a lot more. Their stock goes down, and he ends up being an early day three pick and kind of this forgotten prospect. So with O'Connell, it feels like we're seeing everything that made him very interesting two and a half years ago is the confidence to throw down the field, obviously the timing, the accuracy. I thought off a of play action, his mechanics looked great. Um, so to me, I mean, there might I'm not saying he's going to be a top 12 starter in the NFL, but it's kind of one of those things where his prospect wave was uneven, just and look, now the Raiders are benefiting from that. Just looked like he was throwing in rhythm and right. he was going through his reads, whereas you can contrast that to Easton Stick, who was in a tough spot, his first NFL start. But Easton Stick was like, all right, if the first reads are there, then I'm just going to start running around. And yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, Max Crosby's getting me. And so uh, it was a bit of a mess. And in contrast, O'Connell looked like he was in total control of the offense. Right, and he has a ton of starting experience in college where he was doing pro-style things, so and, it makes sense. And you think about Devontae Adams, you think about Jacoby Myers, like, you know, we, Trey we like... Tucker in this Trey Tucker. I mean, like, they... they no, but they, he has some weapons around him. Yeah. Aiden O'Connell yeah. has some weapons around him as well. So a great day at the office uh, for Aiden O'Connell. Devontae Adams catches a touchdown pass from Jacoby Myers when they were up by, like, 40. I mean, like, Antonio Pierce was like, you know, F it. <laughs> yeah, that was the bag. Huh? He emptied the bag. He emptied the bag. They had 63, and they were throwing on first down. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> what did he want a high school game, 99 yeah, to 9 or something? Say, right? Yeah, this is Antonio uh, Pierce is no chill, and I respect yeah. it, honestly. Yep, so O'Connell leads the way for the Raiders. In terms of fantasy production, Trey Tucker, I'm not sure that was a touchdown, but they paid it, and then yep. Devontae Adams 
with the Monster Day as well. Great to see Zamir White too filling in for Josh Jacobs. I think the sneaky thing, Connor, about the Raiders all season is that their offensive line for so long has been a mess, but now this year it's playing at a solid enough level. I mean, Colton Miller is one of the best left yeah. tackles in football. and Nobody talks about yeah. him. Yeah. And when he was hurt this year, they looked totally different. So I think that's the key there, Jay, is that they have a true anchor on the left side. Yep. Khalil Mack sacked O'Connell six times their previous encounter, and uh, no one got near him last yeah. time. I think the biggest takeaway, I mean, listen, you know, we'll talk about all these guys next week, you know, as to whether or not you can trust you know, is Trey Tucker a pickup? We'll talk about that on, on, on Tuesday. And, you know, can you, you know, really nice game from Jacoby Myers, who catches a touchdown and throws one as well. Devontae Adams does Devontae Adams things, eight for 102 and a touchdown. To me, I think the biggest storyline, fantasy wise, from this game is Zamir White. Josh Jacobs gets ruled out prior to the game. We talk about this. Uh, Zamir White, would he get the same volume? Now, game script certainly helped, but Zamir White, he played 70% uh, of the snaps. He got 68% of the team's running back carries. He had a 12% target share. He had very close to the same utilization as Josh Jacobs. You know, there was a little bit more Amir Abdullah than there normally is, but like unbelievable amount of work. And so he got 20 touches. He had over 80 total yards. He gets a touchdown. He's, And I think that you would feel confident if Josh Jacobs were to miss next week against Kansas City, whose run defense has struggled recently, you'd feel good about Zamir White next week. Definitely. All right, we'll look over on the Chargers side, which the story of this is just garbage time points, but it does count here, Matthew. Yes, it does. And, uh, Easton Stick obviously gets the three touchdowns, but more interesting is Josh Palmer, who comes off of IR. It was weird before this game, Staley wouldn't commit to him playing his normal amount of reps. They're getting blown out. Palmer stays in the game. He ends up getting the huge touchdown and a pretty big day where he goes over 20 fantasy points. Yeah, only a 13% target share, but does play over 71% of the snaps. The majority of his points came on that one big play. It was broken coverage, 79-yard touchdown there. But, you know, Easton Stick uh, hits him in, in stride, and Palmer takes it to the house. So that was very nice. Again, we'll see if Keenan Allen's going to come back next week. But, yeah, I mean, I would think that unless Keenan Allen comes back next week, Josh Palmer will be my highest-ranked charger pass catcher next week. I, you know, there's just not a lot to get excited about in this offense. Uh, you know, now Brandon Staley is fired. I, I haven't seen anything yet about Kellen Moore. Um, this one's, yeah. Yeah, there's not much to read into it. I think I think with Palmer, the good thing is that Stick did look better in the second half where it wasn't a complete disaster like it was early on. And look, Palmer, the vast majority of his production was a 79-yard touchdown that, frankly, Penn State Blake would have been minus 200 to score that given he just had to run straight yeah. and there was a miscommunication and just a uh -huh. walk-in. Uh, Penn State Blake taking strays. Yeah. <laughs> I said minus 200. There would be other people who were much longer odds than that to just catch an open pass. But uh, I do think there was one pass that Easton Stick made down the left yeah. sideline towards the end of the game in between coverage. It's like a perfect pass to Josh Palmer. Maybe there's a little bit of a connection there. I mean, I'll, I'll end with this, guys. I mean, do you have to bench Austin Eckler in the fantasy playoffs now? I, have to think, I think you have to seriously think about it. Yeah. Again, their offense is so terrible. He's been so bad. The truth is, is that if, you're, if you've made it to the playoffs – if you end up surviving this week and getting to weeks, uh, week 16, chances are you found production from someone other than Austin Eckler at this point, right? And so, honestly, you've gotten, over the last month, you've gotten into the playoffs and moved forward despite him, not because of him. Like, he's had one good game in the last month, I think, off the top of my head. And so it's, I don't think it's all his fault. I think it's actually not very much of his fault. You know, I mean, like the offensive line and the, the offense, and I don't think he's 100% healthy. But, yes, I do think, you know, He's had single-digit fantasy points in four of the past five games. He's had zero red zone carries in two of the past three. 
Austin Eckler, under eight fantasy points in a game in which there was some junk time scoring. They did put up three touchdowns in this game. Yep. I think good thing is he looked better again physically. He looked yeah. fine, but he played 26 out of 65 snaps, uh, and even with the throw script, he wasn't getting involved. And he finished a half yard short of uh, catching the over for me, which he had a 12-yard screen pass run, which he took a very circuitous route. Right. So it looked like he's gotten it, but it's like, no, you're just running around, actually not going forward. Uh, and also the pick six on the screen pass was to Austin Eckler as well. So really felt like that one should have gone That, that should have. I bet that uh, on you, and I was happy that uh, Mike Quinton Johnson finished. 15 and a half over cash. Um, the last thing here is I'll just say it was quite the night in the group chat because Jay in our show league has Easton Stick mm. and was talking him up on the show yesterday, but then didn't start him in the uh, didn't start him in the uh, show Nick, league. Nick Mullins on the waiver wire. Right. No one realized because he's yeah. hidden somehow. Yeah, exactly. But and then so we were all berating Jay for talking up Easton Stick, <laughs> but not actually following through and uh, starting the Stick Man. And then uh, Jay was laughing at us because he was doing terribly, and then he winds up actually with a good yeah, fantasy day. Yeah, points. Yeah, I could have used that. At least I, got, I had Josh Palmer. I had the Chargers stack. And I just <laughs> went away great. from the stick in the stack uh, and got Josh Palmer instead. So I'm in a good spot to take down backup producer Pete. Yeah, yeah backup producer Pete. It would be great. I mean, like, yeah. My if there's a terrible. crappy offense, it, there are, chances are they're on Jay's fantasy team. All right, let's get into the injuries yeah. we're tracking for Sunday's games first. Aaron Jones limited on Thursday's practice. DJ Moore, the same for him. Christian Watson still not practicing with the hamstring. Not looking good there. Chris Olave, CJ Stroud also not practicing. The Dolphins players, Devon A. Chan uh, right now, he is not practicing. He practiced in limited fashion today. He'll be questionable for that game. Tyreek Hill with the ankle. He is not practicing today. He did not practice yesterday. Mike McDaniel has said that he will be questionable for Sunday. So no practice all week for Hill. Uh, He'll be a true game-time decision. Nico Collins with the calf injury, didn't practice. Pacheco with the shoulder. And then Brian Robinson Jr., Matthew, some news came in while we were recording today. I know he didn't yeah. practice on Thursday. And he's not practicing at the end of the yeah, day. He hasn't, for he hasn't practiced all week long, so it looks like it's going to be another week of Antonio Gibson and Chris Rodriguez. Considering the fact that the Commanders are basically a touchdown underdog on the road at the Rams, this could be a nice Antonio Gibson game in terms of game script. You know, they use him in the passing game. They're going to be down. They're going to be trailing. So if you're desperate, Antonio Gibson becomes flex viable in PPR, assuming that Brian Robinson does not play and it doesn't look like He's trending towards that. You know, the, the game's in L.A., so we'll know whether he gets on the, you know, on the team flight um, uh, later today. But, again, hasn't practiced all week. And the fact that they're coming off the bye and it's a lost season feels, doesn't feel great for Robinson this week. Yeah. One interesting thing to me is the Texans situation in terms of their <clears> pass-catching <throat> options. They just have no human beings left on that team on either side of the ball. Blake Cashman, Will Anderson are both hurt, too, at the moment. But the fact that Nico Collins hasn't been practicing strained calf Tank Dell out for the season, obviously. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz might have 15 targets in this game. Guys like Robert, plays, Woods, yeah. Robert Woods and John Mechie, they could go yeah. off. Like, there's just no Noah no Brown. Brown. Gonna no have, Brown. He's going to have to have a monster game. Yeah. And they're up against a really bad t- Titan secondary. So, I just wouldn't, if you need to take a swing, if you went up against the Raiders' defense and you're weighing up options, like, Noah Brown has to be top of your list, probably. Yeah, against Tennessee, who... Despite, listen, great win against the Dolphins last week, but still over the last month they're a bottom 10 pass defense. Yep. And, you know, again, C.J. Stroud. Like, I don't know how well I feel about Noah Brown if Davis Mills is yep. the one throwing him the ball. That's the other issue, right, is that we may not get Stroud on Sunday. Yep. 
That's yeah, why we were sitting here just now came in. Nico Collins is also not practicing today. C.J. Stroud is not practicing today. Uh, their tackle, right tackle, George Fant, is not practicing today. So the Texans' offense oh. is in serious trouble right. right now. And that's from Aaron Wilson at Aaron Wilson yes. underscore NFL. He's covered the Texans for a long time. He does a really good job. Yeah. He's always he's always dialed in. So um, that's not looking good for. Yeah, I mean it, it literally. Davis Mills to Dalton Schultz. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be the hub of the offense. Yeah. Titans stack, minus <laughs> three. Titans minus three looks pretty good at the moment, to be honest, particularly yeah. with those defensive injuries, too. That's tough. Let's get into the injuries we're tracking for the Saturday games. Jonathan Taylor and Alexander Madison have both been ruled out. Taylor still with the thumb, Alexander Madison with the ankle. Justin Jefferson is questionable off that chest injury. We are expecting him to play. Josh Reynolds with the back injury is questionable. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Samaji Pirine will all be active. Now, in terms of Jefferson, uh, he, like I said, he told reporters he expects to play in Week 15 against the Bengals. Jamar Chase, who obviously was with him at LSU, had some funny quotes between him and Jefferson on who is better. Take a listen. You guys are two best in the league. You're asking me that? Yes. Are you guys? I feel like I'm the best. I don't feel like we're the two best. I feel like I'm the best. Okay. Who's second best? Uh, that's been anybody else debate. Have you let him know that you're the best competitively? Nah, that's pointless. We do this every year with each other. Jamar Chase, never lacking confidence. No, never. I love it. You know what? Why not? He's pretty dang good. He is pretty good. He is pretty good. Anyone else, so, guys, on this list that's interesting to you? Could be even somebody that's active, like a Deontay Johnson that's in a bad offensive situation right now. I think Deontay is the one because he looked like he was in some doubt, but now he goes up against the Colts defense that isn't terrible. It isn't imposing either. I think this is also just bad news for George Pickens, where George Pickens, uh, when Trubisky came in the game against the Cardinals, he targeted uh, Pickens once. In, on 17 pass attempts, and then Pickens was just 5 for 19 against the Patriots. And my theory about this, Connor, is that Pickens, his value comes from the longer developing routes, and Trubisky just isn't hanging around yeah. long enough for those to get open. Like, it's just first read or scramble for Trubisky. No, and you think about all the time Pickett and Pickens have spent together since they were both drafted together, there was some kind of rapport there as much as Pickett has struggled in the NFL level with Trubisky, like you said, Jay. He doesn't seem willing to throw those up for him yet. No. Give him a shot. He thinks he's Lamar Jackson. Yes. With Alexander Madison officially uh, ruled out. I, I think Ty Chandler becomes kind of interesting here. Yeah. I think he's like a borderline top 20 play this week as well. He, he, like the Cincinnati Bengals defense, it's much more vulnerable to the pass than it is to the it, to the run. It's like a middle of the pack run defense, but it's like a really horrifically bad pass defense over the last month. But having said that, Chandler's part of the passing attack as well. Nick Mullins is an inexperienced quarterback and certainly with the Bengals having their hands full with Justin Jefferson and trying to deal with a, you know, now fully healthy Vikings passing attack. I could see Chai Chandler getting into the end zone here. And I think, uh, you know, he's, he's due for a pretty heavy workload. Yep. You know uh, why I love Ty Chandler so much is mm. three words. C.J. Ham. That's who his backup is on the weekend. Like, there is just not. They don't have anything else. They're just the so ham banged man. up. The Ham man. Also, I kind of like C.J. Ham's work against the Raiders. He had one nice <laughs> seven-yard carry. Look kind of It's a great running kind of back name. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic running yeah. back name. But I'm not sure he's going to be able to <laughs> do a ton uh, in an NFL game in 2023. So, I think that Ty Chandler, uh, just through volume alone, there's just no one else there. Yeah. All right, guys, it's that time, that that time of the week where Denny Carter joins us on a Friday. But before we get there, 
Let's play a little hype video, maybe, to bring Danny right. in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Something along the lines. Our of that. friend Andy Barons tweeted on Monday morning, "Quote: Every Monday, Derek Carr is dealing with nine different distinct injuries, is fully immobilized, and not allowed to fly. And then every Saturday, the Saints doctors reveal to the public they have found a new liver for Carr, so he should be clear to face the Panthers pending a pregame workout. And you know, I know Andy was just joking, uh, but let's be real; it's really not that far off." We, we at Galaxy Brains looked further into this after after Andy had tweeted this joke. It turns out it's not a joke, folks. It actually uh, wasn't a bit, no. Derek Carr, they, the team keeps Derek Carr unconscious in a hyperbaric chamber 24 hours a day until game, until game day. Uh, they only wake him from the hyperbaric chamber sleep uh, 90 minutes <laughs> before kickoff. Uh, it takes five force tranquilizers. He's not allowed to see any upsetting images. And then he goes out on the field and he plays football. What a welcome. Wow. There he is. Wow. In yeah. your Friday best, Danny Carter. Missed yeah. the giggles yeah. with uh, the buttons yeah. undone, too. Like that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for business, but I'm a, I'm a little casual. It's Friday. You know how it goes. Yeah, let's go. Can we not get Rotopat like a good set of headphones? Like, what's going on? <laughs> With his 1993, uh, well, him and Aaron Rodgers right. use the the corded uh, earplugs. Yeah, no, oh, I think it works with his uh, yeah his X Files season one type of aesthetic. It kind of accentuates the other Midwest role. I suppose I, I suppose it does. I suppose it's you know Rotopat's got a brand and he's you know he's yeah. leaning into it. Yeah. It's uh, fair enough. Any uh, hey Denny, before we dive into uh, your regression yeah. files, I was just curious if any of these injuries. Uh, uh, any of the injuries that you've heard about, you know, sort of jump out at you? Yeah, so I, I did. I mentioned Raheem Mostert as a negative regression candidate in this week's uh, piece, and obviously that changes completely if Devon Achan uh, is out this week. We're gonna we're gonna see about that probably shortly. Uh, Mostert is a great play if Achan is out, but uh, yeah, so that that that's one injury that jumps out. And I agree. Jay mentioned uh, Noah Brown. You know, Nico Collins likely out this week against Tennessee. I know Noah Brown has zero receptions over the past two games. Zero, okay, on seven targets. He's going to see double-digit targets here, so you just got to hold your nose and play him. Uh, I would agree with that. The other thing is that we didn't really get a chance to really dive into, and uh, but Tyreek Hill, like we mentioned it, but Tyreek Hill now has not practiced all week. He's officially going to be listed as questionable against the Jets, and all of a sudden, Cedric Wilson, now, they're playing the Jets, right? right. I mean, and Cedric Wilson ain't Tyreek Hill. No one in the league yes. is, but... Once Tyreek wasn't, when Tyreek wasn't on the field last week, Cedric Wilson had 100% route participation, mm-hmm. around 16 routes. He had a 26.7% target share. He had a 9.8 average depth of target. Again, it's the Jets, so it's not a great matchup. But, like, if you are truly desperate, and by the way, if this is a, an injury that's going to last more than one week, which we don't know. Like, I mean, he kind of came he was in and out of the game and like maybe you know he was hopped up on an mm-hmm. adrenaline or whatever and so was able to kind of gut it through that game but um adrenaline and uh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah but whatever he got through it you know what I mean like if this is a multi-week injury suddenly Cedric Wilson becomes kind of interesting yep no I agree and certainly like Connor and I were talking about this before um in the makeup room where oh I thought it was on a separate chat that <laughs> no, I was no, on this was in, in real life we we're having okay. a discussion with our voices uh but <laughs> 
the Dolphins, they have a brutal schedule after this Jets game. Their season ends Baltimore, Dallas, and Buffalo. Uh, and if yeah, Tyreek Hill isn't right to go in those games, they might just be done. And if they lose this one and those, they, like that, they're in danger of missing the playoffs, potentially, if it goes south. So uh, it's they an interesting are. equation as to whether that means you should go out and play Tyreek this week because you need to bank this win, or do you rest him? So it's interesting, but I wouldn't expect he's going to be 100%. And even if he is 100%, it's the Jets' defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do want to say I'm on the record for better or worse as saying the Dolphins will not win another game this season. Oh, so we'll wow. Oh, okay. Guy. Like wow. Look at you. Stand. Yeah. Yeah. He hates the Dolphins. Yeah. Danny hates I, the I, Dolphins. I have a Dolphins Dolphins right here. I know. You do. <laughs> you do because you hate them. Oh, you, you, right. I understand. Of Fair course, enough. Denny joins us every Friday for the regression files. Players who are overproducing or underproducing based on their workload, playing time, and opportunity. Denny, let's start with a negative pick, as we always do. Who do you got for us this week? Yeah, you know, I, I, I hate to be the party pooper in Drake London, but man, he was super efficient last week. He converted, guys, he converted 95% of his air yards last week into actual yards that you can use in fantasy, which was nice, you know, and you you like that. You like to see that, especially in this Falcons offense that doesn't always produce uh, uh, passing opportunity or, or yards. Uh, but his season rate of air yards conversion is 56%. So we're talking about massive overperformance in week 14 for Drake London. They play the Panthers this week. The Panthers have weirdly been good against the pass and guys, and I hate to say this, you know, I talk about funnels all the time. The Panthers are a run funnel. And you know what Arthur Smith is going to do to a run funnel? He's going to run it until all the cows come home. So I just, I don't know if Drake London is going to see, I don't know, five or six targets in this game. He's going to have to be super efficient again. I like that, Danny. I also like the kind of uh, Ryan Gosling and the big short intonation of he's going to run it. Uh, it was very yeah. good there. Uh, <laughs> I completely agree with you on Drake London. If Arthur Smith ever needed an excuse to run the ball, uh, he doesn't need it, but uh, he will take it surely against the Panthers. Uh, another one for you, Danny, is on uh, Mr. Jake Browning, uh, overnight sensation in the NFL, who has been incredible the past two weeks. I actually brought my own stat to this one, uh, Denny, okay. where Jake Browning, his past three starts, his air EPA, so basically what is he contributing through his throat, what actually goes through the air as opposed to the yak, his air EPA is negative 5.3 points, plus 2.3, negative 1.1. And that's wow. just is another way of saying basically what you said in your article about how he is a yakman. It is, all, it is yak city for Jake Browning, and basically you think that is potentially unsustainable. Browning is doing exactly what the Bengals want him to do. And I actually credit you guys for being a little bit positive on Jake Browning as as the Bengals started when Joe Burrow went down. I made a video saying, oh, you know, you got to abandon everybody in this Bengals offense. Turns out I was wrong. You guys were right. But Browning has gotten away with it in that, uh, you know, you have guys like Chase Brown. You have guys like uh, Jamar Chase uh, going ballistic after the catch, right? So if that keeps up, then Browning remains a somewhat viable quarterback but guys he's playing a suddenly elite minnesota defense it's the the broncos and the vikings are weirdly great on defense over the past month and a half two months uh brian flores i think is going to put jake jake browning in a blender this week all right wow oh yeah you heard it here first a blender a blender for jake browning (laughs) does he come out alive from that out of it i'm not sure you get out you're saying you don't think he puts up easton stick numbers uh, well, uh, no, because I don't think that they, I, I don't think that the game script will get that crazy. The only reason Easton Stick did anything last night is because game script just got insane. Yeah, no, I know. Hard to guarantee uh, 60 plus points for yeah. the opposition. <laughs> All right, Denny, how about a positive regression pick then? 
Yeah, uh, on the the positive side, uh, we have Zay Jones. We have Zay Jones. Uh, 14 targets last week, guys. 14 targets against uh, the Browns and didn't do much with it. I get that. But he played 95%, or he ran 95% of the routes. Uh, I think that the Jacksonville-Baltimore game has a chance to shoot out. The Jaguars have become a pass-heavy offense over the past couple weeks. Uh, I think we could see another another game here where Trevor Lawrence drops back 50-plus times, well, 40-plus times, and that maybe not 50, but 40-plus times. And uh, uh, Zay Jones, even though he is an inefficient player, okay, that he has a history of being inefficient, he could see double-digit targets again. And I just don't know if you can bench that kind of player in a, in a PPR 12-team league. Yeah, I get that. I do. I do think uh, the route participation and the the number of routes run, and you know, just his kind of overall usage was other than the actual production, um, mm, was yeah. was no. But like it was, it was very encouraging, especially with Christian Kirk out, and like we'll see if Parker Washington becomes a thing. But Zay Jones, I think, is somebody who has had production and success in the Jaguars' offense. It's been intermittent, but since he's come to Jacksonville, he's had some success. So in a game in which they're likely trailing the Ravens. I could see that. I buy that. Yeah, Christian what Kirk being out changes everything for Ridley and for Zay Jones. Yeah, for sure. All right, Denny, I was looking at your column uh, as well, trying to figure out, is there a way that I can feed myself on air yards? It turns out you can't. Uh, you no. were right. Um, but uh, one thing you can feed yourself on is, uh, is touches. And Zach Moss, even though you talk mm. about somebody who's getting a lot of work and hasn't produced, Zach Moss is one of the guys that has gotten a massive work share the last two weeks, yeah. uh, but just hasn't done much with it. Yeah, he had a touchdown called back against the Bengals on what what I would describe as a phantom holding call. There's someone who started Zach Moss in a couple yeah. leagues. I'm, I'm still bitter about it, but uh, yeah, I mean, you again, you can't bench a, a running back who is running all the routes, who is seeing 90 plus percent of the rushing attempts, especially this Colts defense, this Colts offense, I should say, is very run heavy in the red zone. One of the five run heaviest teams inside the 20. It's going to happen, okay, guys. Just, you just got to wait on it. The regression is going to hit. I think this week could be it. I have been running back sixteen. I agree with you. He's gotten seven goal to go carries in the last two weeks. He just hasn't been able to convert any of mm-hmm. them. That's just that's way too unlucky as well. Over the last couple of weeks here, he's averaged nineteen touches a game. He's got a fourteen percent target share. To your point about getting involved in the passing game as well. So you see it there on your screen. I have him as a top 20 play this week. He's an RB2. I just, you can't bench that kind of volume in the fantasy playoffs. Yep. His rushing Absolutely. prop as well is set at 73 and a half. So mm. the market thinks that he will go off. And to your point about his red zone usage, I think that is very much by design. And Shane Steichen is an excellent coach and he does not want to put the ball in Gardner Minshew's hands close to the goal line right. because yeah. we've seen what happens there, whether it's uh, interceptions or... Who is the real stickman? Is it Shane Steichen or is it Easton Stick? Uh, it's Shane Steichen. Yeah, okay. Easton had a chance to steal the nickname last night, but he didn't take it. It's okay. Shane Steichen. He's the stickman. He's the stickman. There you go. You can catch Danny for his live fantasy football Q&A right after happy hour at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the NFL on NBC it, YouTube channel. Danny, when you do it, is it is it you solo or do you bring in Roto Pat? Is it just oh, you? Man, it, it's just me, man. I'm freewheeling the whole time. I, I uh, just, just keeping it up. I, I feel like a, a, an AM radio host just just doing it by myself for an hour. Yeah, exactly. You're uh, you're doing it for the kids. Um, are you will will there be a costume change? Anything to expect or uh, are you going with this? We're we're looking for a uh, Christmas vest, and uh, we're still we're still searching the house for, for that one. So we'll see. Right. We I like that you got a team there. All right, great. It's uh, fantastic. Good job as always, Thanks. Danny. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Danny. See you, Danny. Bye.
Watch arguably the best game to date of the college basketball season. This Saturday, top ranked Arizona faces off with reigning Naismith Player of the Year, Zach Eady, and number three Purdue in a matchup that could be a preview of a Final Four game later this year. The two powers tip off at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. We're going to break yeah. when we're back. What's on tap at the happy hour bar for the weekend? Live at 4.30 on the cock. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Sunday night, Lamar Jackson and the AFC leading Ravens head to Duval County to face Trevor Lawrence and a Jaguars team fighting for their own division crown. Sunday, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. What's on Tap is brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Nothing is as easy to enjoy as a Sunday full of football and a fridge full of beer, but these are the games we're locking in on. Starting with the Cowboys at the Bills, the point total for this one, guys. 50 and a half right now. The Bills favored by two points. Matthew, we'll start with this. What's the concern level for Stephon Diggs after three bad games in four weeks? Usually Mr. Reliable, but not over the last month. Under seven fantasy points in three of the past four games. He's had an under 50% catch rate in the last three, playing just 80% of the snaps in two of the last three. That's his lowest rate of the season, excluding blowouts. So, yeah, there's absolutely a lot of concern in terms of Stephon Diggs. Having said that, Just like we were talking about last segment with Denny in terms of, you know, uh, whether it's Zay Jones or Zach Moss, that kind of usage he gets, it's hard to bench. It's hard to go away from it. Like, since Joe Brady took over as the offensive coordinator, Stephon Diggs has a 26.3% target share, okay? He's had had double-digit targets in back-to-back weeks, and... It's a decent matchup as the Cowboys over the last month have allowed these seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So I get it, you know, in terms of like, he had been great. I have digs on a lot of teams and it's been, it's been tough sledding, but this is going to sound insane, but I'm going to go with me for one second here. Fantasy football ultimately is a game we play for fun. This is something we all, it's more fun when you win, but it is an enjoyment. It is something that we do as a hobby, something we do as an uh, enjoyment. So the mental aspect of fantasy football, I think is important. And I just think mentally, if you bench Stefan Diggs in a playoff weekend and he goes off and you lose, you're going to feel like a moron. 
But if you start him and he doesn't do anything, what are you going to do with Stefan Diggs? Of course you start him. I just, I honestly think just the mental, it's something we play for fun. I just, for whatever it's worth, I have Stefan Diggs in a decent amount of leagues. I'm starting him in every single one. I get it. He has been bad recently, but I'm banking on talent of him, talent of Josh Allen, and the target share here. And Jay, how about the game script of this? I mean, it's against the MVP right now in Dak Prescott, a high-powered passing offense, and the Bills are going to be in possibly a shootout as both defenses have some depth problems at corner, especially Buffalo right now too. But Dallas does in a way at times. Absolutely. And I think the underrated thing about this game too is that Four Cowboys yesterday showed up on the injury report with illness. Three of them were DMPs, including Stefan Gilmore, who would be Diggs' matchup. Uh, and I'm stealing this from a guy on Twitter called Consolation Goal. He's very smart. He's one of the best follows in terms of just gambling Twitter. Uh, and he has a theory that uh, you should bet against the team basically when there is a contagion within the team with the theory that, okay, even the guys who do play are probably feeling a little bit unwell too. So I think there is a chance that the Cowboys just come out a little bit flat after this massive game against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Seems to be illness going through the team. And uh, I think that guys like Stefan Diggs and the Bills passing game. I, mean, I know, I'll just tell you this. I know a lot. I've, I've said this. Uh, I said this earlier um, that uh, I like the under at 50 and a half in this one. I think that number is too high. I think you've got two defenses. Then you play to your point, the, you know, um, two defenses that play pretty well. This is an important game for the Bills. This is a must win for Buffalo. And I know a lot of people, a lot of sharp betters like Bills minus two. Yep, it jumped from minus, it was minus one for a time, now it's minus two and a half. Our next game here, guys, your commanders, Matthew, against the Rams. The Rams favored by six and a half, another point total at 50 and a half here, Jay. We talked about Brian Robinson's hamstring issues right now. He's not been practicing this week. Assuming he's out, do you start Antonio Gibson? I think if Brian Robinson can't go, then you have to start Antonio Gibson just with what else is on that team. The fact that he is such a PPR merchant and he's in a game where the total is north of 50, and you just expect that they are going to be in a throw script to keep up with a Rams offense that really is a top-five offense in the NFL right now, Matthew. Yeah, you're seeing uh, footage right here. It's always nice to see good commander's footage. It's, there's not a lot of it, but here you see Sam Howell just finding Antonio Gibson in the flat, finding him in, um, on uh, routes. He's Over the last two years, he's in every game in which he's seen double-digit touches, and if Brian Robinson's out, you would expect at least 10 touches for Antonio Gibson. He's averaging almost 13 fantasy points per game. So very viable as an RB2 in this one. To your point, again, game script should work in Antonio Gibson's favor. We don't expect Brian Robinson to play here as well. In every game in which Gibson has played at least 46% of the snaps, he's gotten at least five targets. So, yeah, give me Antonio Gibson as a viable RB2, assuming Brian Robinson is out. Our last game, guys, the Eagles, three-and-a-half-point favorites traveling all the way to Seattle. The over-under in this one is 48-and-a-half points. We got to hear from Nick Sirianni on the passing attack being all about, of course, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Take a listen here. Passing game runs through three guys. That doesn't mean we don't want to get the ball to some other guys here and there, but the main, uh, main passing game goes through those guys, the Cowboys and the style of defense they run. Um, which is obviously a very good defense, allows you to, you know, kind of get the ball to the, you know, to where we were going with it. Um, and that's where the ball was designed to go. Um, it has nothing to do with, with anything else. Just we wanted, to, we wanted to get A.J. going. We wanted to get Devontae and, and Dallas the ball. And every, every plan is thought of through that. Last week, guys, 28 targets went around to skilled players in the Philadelphia offense. 
27 of them went to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. So, Matthew, I'll ask you this. With that Dallas Goddard back, are you still all in on Devontae Smith being able to get it done? All in is a little excessive. I will say I do have Devontae Smith as a top 20 play this week. Um, it's not a matchup that scares you against uh, Seattle as well. And uh, last week he had a 35% target share, Devontae Smith. Did. He's had double-digit targets in back-to-back games for the first time in his career. And what's significant is, is that that was with Dallas Goddard back. And so the fact that they made a point of getting Devontae Smith the ball, that he looked good, that he was produ- being able to be productive, even with Goddard out there. And so in this game where we expect a lot of, uh, a lot of points to be scored and the Seahawks' defense has struggled recently, I have Devontae Smith as a top-20 play. Yep, no, I agree there. And it's still, even with the return of Goddard, it's just so concentrated to those three guys, as your stat pointed out, Connor. And it's not like there are guys like, oh, is it going to be Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup this week who gets more targets? Like, it is really just those three guys. And the other thing, too, is that I would say the only real next-level player on the Seahawks' defense right now is Devin Witherspoon. And he's been injured, and it's unclear if he's going to be able to go on Monday. I also think that for Devontae Smith, honestly, the fact that Geno Smith looks like he's going to play, that is good news for him. I agree. Because it creates more of a chance for a bit more of a throwing script than a shootout type of game. Yeah, I'll tell you, as I was trying to think about my best bet for last week's Cowboys-Eagles game for Football Night in America, and I ended up going with Jake Ferguson anytime touchdown, didn't cash. He did get the end zone look. He just couldn't hold on to the ball. But one of the ones that I was playing with was Quez Watkins under 11 and a half receiving yards. And I just couldn't, like, it's all you need is one. And so I just, like, but that cashed. Like, I, you know, so anyway, I just, you're right. It is. It's literally this. It's, it's those three guys. And then you'll, maybe they throw something to Julio or Zacchaeus or Quez. But, you know, anyway. I just didn't have the balls to, to do it on national TV where I'm going to be like, I'm taking my best bet is Quez Watkins under 11 and a half. That's also on that. Football Night in America, yeah. which I should have. Yeah. I just, you know. It's also just the bad play because that is the type of thing that could get you like really put on blast publicly where if Quez Watkins catches like an 80-yard bomb, yeah. it gets like tweeted out yeah, that Matthew he, he Barry said on national TV yeah. Yeah. under 11 and a half. Yeah. I think that bet. Matthew All that goes into, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, if I get this wrong, how bad's the embarrassment factor? <laughs> right. how, uh, yes. how, how bad am I going to get roasted on yeah. Twitter? Uh, you know, or in social media. Yeah. So. so I would always take overs because the overs can always hit. They can always hit. Order. And it's also, I do think that disproportionately, uh, it is easier to take advantage of uh, the market not understanding usage increases and matchups and uh, being able to take overs often. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, the, what was great was uh, even though the my best bet didn't cash, my parlay last week did. I'm yep. uh, I'm two in a row on the parlays, uh, so uh, we're starting to get hot at the right time. There you go. That'll and do way, it. We're ten and on the best bets. I think we're uh, we're ten and three on the season. So it's still plus money. Not in a bad. Big way. Yeah, pretty good. That'll do it for what's on tap. Presented by Bud Light. Easy to Sunday. Easy to enjoy. We're taking one more break. When we're back, it's last call here at the Happy Hour Bar. We got pickup lines as we always do on Fridays for Matthew. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World? Like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. 
Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's time for some pickup lines, as we always do here on Fridays. Jay and I go with one of our favorite bets of the week. Matthew can only pick one. Jay, what yeah. are you looking at going into the weekend? Uh, so today, Connor, I'm looking at Russell Wilson. Over 34 and a half yards, Matthew, for his longest completion against the Detroit Lions. And the angle here is two things. One, angle against the Detroit pass defense, which has been dreadful for a couple of months now. This is hit in four of their past five games. They give up a ton of big plays. There's just no hope in that secondary at the moment. And here's the other thing. Russell Wilson, he has the fourth longest time to throw in the NFL. The only guys who take longer are Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. So Russ, he is able to wait there for the long routes to develop, and teams have been able to hit these plays consistently against Detroit. This bet cashed uh, on Thanksgiving against the Lions on the first play of the game when Jordan Love threw 53 yards deep to Christian Watson. So I think Russ, he's always been a great deep ball thrower. Cortland Sutton has been his man, I think, against this Detroit defense. And also the other thing is his passing numbers have been depressed in the past six weeks or so because they've been winning games so comfortably. They're four and a half point dogs in this one. I think he'll be throwing a little bit more uh, and I think he goes over 34 and a half longest completion. All right, Matthew, I'm going back to what we ended with in the last segment. Devontae Smith over 59 and a half receiving yards. Jay hinted at Devon Witherspoon did not practice yesterday. We'll see his status. Jamal Adams didn't practice. You probably want Jamal Adams out there in coverage for this one, honestly, but he didn't practice as well. Listen, this Seahawks secondary as good as Witherspoon has been They've been bad this year. They're 25th in the league in pass yards allowed per game. They might be without their best player. That could make them possibly the worst secondary playing this weekend. I think Devontae Smith gets that 60 yards. Yeah, I mean, uh, boy, that's a, both of those are really good bets. I actually like both those bets uh, quite a bit. I'm a little nervous on the Russell Wilson one just because I know they're bad, but just I also think this game's in Detroit. This yep. is a game they need to win after getting embarrassed last week. So. I'm going to lean with Devontae Smith, just, you know, better quarterback, better situation. I'm going to go with uh, Connor here, but keep your phone on in case, you know, we'll see how it goes, you know. I always keep it open. Come roll through later at night after, you know. I'll take Connor home with me, but, you know. I always check it just before I go to bed. Yeah, good. Just in case. Uh, Another bet I like this week is – I actually like the New York Jets to cover plus nine and a half against the Dolphins. That line's been going the other yeah. way. I just think the Dolphins, their offensive line, might have just reached the point of no return. They're talking about starting guys like Jonathan Harrison. He was on his couch last week. He hasn't played football in four years, and he was yeah. bad when he did play yeah. for more than he's four a years jet. ago. Yeah. And so Revenge game? He's going to be Harrison? the starting center, replacing Connor Williams, who might be the best center in football. I think that's a problem. I think Tour is a guy who's very dependent on his infrastructure, and if he doesn't have an offensive line... If he potentially doesn't have Tyree Kill, I think you're banking on a lot of upside with that plus nine and a half. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, they, the Jets have played, and Wilson's played better as well. I've said this before. I mean, I just said this earlier. Like, but I like the under in the Bills-Cowboys game, under yeah. 15 and a half. Like, I just, I feel like those are two, two decent defenses, two offenses that obviously the Cowboys have been great, but the Cowboys offense did not look like great against Philadelphia last week as well. And the Bills offense has struggled all year long. And so going up against the Cowboys defense, you know, uh, that strikes me as a lot of points in a game in which you need to go. Um, 
Uh, by the way, uh, Brian Robinson officially out. That just came through. So Brian Robinson officially out. Antonio Gibson will get the start for the Commanders on Sunday. I do think he's a top 20 play. Yep. In- just lastly on that Dallas-Buffalo game, looks like there will be a little bit of rain and wind in Buffalo on Sunday. So that certainly helps the other. There you go. And if you've been to Buffalo, a little bit of rain and wind in Buffalo. <laughs> I spent fun. I spent one magical night in Buffalo. <laughs> yes. I'm well aware of that city, me and Jay. Hey, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Jay, for Connor, for Denny Carter, for Penn State Blake, I'm Matthew. Peace out. We'll see you Sunday morning. Selling smoothies is what I do. But for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too. So he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.